You talking to me? Welcome to the Screening Room Podcast. Big week at the box office at the theaters this week. Uh, she is Hope Madden. He is George Wolf, And we are talking Ghostbusters. No one should have to encounter that kind of evil. Except you girls. I think you can handle it. Somebody is trying to unleash the dead on New York City. And we may be the only ones that can save it. Hello. I'm here at the receptionist job. Hi. You're hired. <laughs> God, you're all sweaty. There are people out there that need our help. Okay, I got it. We need to form a group and build something to fight these damn ghosts. That's exactly wh what we already do here. Oh, we're the Ghostbusters! I will kick the unliving crap out of you! And you, especially you! This one has had buzz since, I don't know how long it's been since they announced that it was going to be rebooted with the all-female cast. But boy, been been a lot of buzz, a build-up since then, and now it's here. Yeah, and you know what? It's, uh, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Uh, we have to admit, first of all, that you hold a lot more, you hold the original a lot more dear than I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. I love, I love the original Ghostbusters. I have seen it, I'm not lying, more than 100 times. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it in any way. I just feel that, for me, over the years... You know, as people like yourself, your generation, mm -hmm. so to speak, since I'm a little older, has has grown up. And you look back on childhood, uh, as people do, mm -hmm. as I do with certain movies. Not only that, but combined with the ascension of Bill Murray to, you know, mythical status. Right, right. He has become yes. the Bill Murray. Yeah, he has. You know? uh, those two things together, I think, for me anyway, have have uplifted the original Ghostbusters a little bit higher than I think it deserves. You were saying yesterday that when Ghostbusters came out, a lot of critics thought it suffered by comparison to other films that Harold Ramis and Bill Murray had made together, right? Stripes and Caddyshack. And um, and that, like you're saying, at this point, people look on it so fondly. Uh, and, and so that now a lot of people are, are already immediately ready to just trash the reboot because in comparison to the previous. Well, and, and we can't ignore that a lot of it, too, is misogyny. I, I think the fact that it was announced that we're going to do an all-female cast just brought out a, a level of vitriol that I thought was sad, really. I agree with you. And, you know, the funny thing about it is they had been talking about rebooting Ghostbusters for a decade at least, and I was so against it, so against it, until I heard of this cast. Yeah. Right? Because, first of all, it's a very clever idea. And second of all, these four people are hilarious. They're great. You've got Melissa McCarthy, Chris. We love Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and uh, Leslie Jones. Both of those, if you're not as familiar, they're from Saturday Night Live, and they're both very funny. In fact, Kate McKinnon really steals most of the scenes in this movie. She gets the majority of the laughs, but you're right. They're all extremely talented, all very funny. And the director, the co-writer, is Paul Feig, who was worked with Melissa McCarthy on Bridesmaids, also on Spy, which was great, very right. funny, right, and right. to a lesser extent, The Heat, right. which Absolutely. was also very funny. So in kind of in the same way, this one a little bit suffers by comparison, especially to Bridesmaids and to Spy, because those are really great comedies. And this one, I don't think rises to that level, although you're right, it is very funny. It is. You know, I just think it's, a, it's slightly underwritten. Um, and I, you know, I don't think, especially if you talk about Spy, was very definitely not underwritten. It had no. a lot of plot going on. And I think that this is incredibly enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. And visually, it's really quite fun. 
You know, um, it falls apart for me a little bit in the final act. It opened strong. Really, really funny. Yeah, uh, just a quick setup. Kristen Wiig's character is trying to live down her role, her years past as a ghost hunter. But a chance encounter gets her back together with uh, her old partner, which is Melissa McCarthy, who has since then gotten a new partner, a tech wizard, which is played by Kate McKinnon. And then before long, they take on the fourth, uh, played by Leslie Jones, and they move into a an office above a uh, Chinese restaurant. And, and one really nice bit of casting, they bring in as their secretary this hunky, airheaded beefcake guy played by Chris Hemsworth. And that is not only funny, but it's a nice way to poke fun at the gender roles that are at work here and kind of the, you know, the, the level of hate that came to them just because they're women doing this movie. It is. It's funny. You know, Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy do that a lot in Spy. Uh, a lot of the film Spy focuses on preconceived notions uh, and and gender stereotyping in a certain genre of film. So I thought it was very clever to do it here. And Chris Hemsworth, good for him because, you know, he, he you know, a lot of laughs really at his own expense, but he does a nice job. He does. And they, they you're right. They do it to such great extent in Spy. Not quite as well here, but they do. They get their shots in, some subtle shots in about the fact that they're, you know, doing it and, and with uh, an all an all-female uh, cast. And uh, you're right about the visuals. I think, you know, uh, a few months ago, uh, Dan Aykroyd just set the, you know, trollosphere on fire because he dared to mention that he had seen this new one and he thought it was scarier and funnier. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I agree that it's scarier. I think the, the ghosts, uh, because... Obviously, since 1984, there's been a lot of uh, advancements in CGI and things. I think the ghosts look great, and and they are more scary. Yeah, there's in particular there's a scene of of like big uh, puppets, like parade uh, puppets, yeah. floats that yeah. are that are pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool. So, and there uh, are a lot of really nice, clever, and and fun odes to the original. They think people will appreciate. There are some great cameos. Really, everybody you expect except. One, really, which we won't spoil. There are some great cameos. But you know what? For me, I thought it it maybe went a little too far uh, in in giving homage to the original, really. Uh, and I thought when it got to the final battle, I guess, the final ghost battle, I thought that one went maybe one step too far as well. I was very impressed once they started because they take on not just one. You know, like in the original, it was just the Stay Puffed Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man. Uh, and this one, they, t- they take on a bunch of different ghosts before they battle the big, big one that they have to. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, and for me, it, it worked. But I thought that final little, little oomph that we won't give away was just a little too much for me. And also, we have to, uh, we have to give you the heads up that you want to stay through the credits because this one has, it not only has some, some extra scenes through the during credits, the credits, during yes. the credits, but wait till the very, very end because there is a little, a little, a little stinger, a little extra thing, a little mm-hmm. stinger, mm-hmm. as they call it, maybe a nod to uh, what they might be up to in the next Ghostbusters, Ooh. which I can assume if this one does any box office at all, and I think it will, that we're probably looking at uh, some more Ghostbusters film. So all in all, I think it it worked pretty well. I I didn't love it, but I would say I liked it. Yeah, I liked it as well. It was funny and had some great visuals, so uh, we would recommend the new Ghostbusters. Another one that we would recommend, a lot smaller, I don't know how many theaters it's going to hit, but it's called The Wailing.
It is a South Korean horror film, so I know that's going to narrow down the audience a lot. Not quite as many people are going to run to that as are to Ghostbusters. And it's two and a half hours long. It is two and a half hours long. But worth, if you're if you're into that, it's worth it. It really, really is. Um, you know, it, it, it throws a lot at you, and in terms of sort of mashing together familiar ideas from a lot of different horror types of films. There's demonic possession, there's zombies, there's like a, a infestation outbreak, there's police procedural, there's homicide. It's, But it's it's done at such a, an unusually kind of languid pace. And it's so gorgeously filmed. It's set in a very, very small rural community in, in South Korea. And, and I think the thing that strangely enough holds it all together is this unsettling, comic element that is constantly sort of throwing you off. Yeah, that's true. And it's a slow build. Uh, but once once it gets into the meat and once uh, it gets into the, the mystery, mm-hmm. they really keep you guessing. You don't know whose allegiances are to whom and who you should trust, as as the main character doesn't either. And I think that works. No, I think so, too. I think one of the things that it really does, it, it you know, it exploits the concepts of, of um, you know, small town hysteria, you know, and and at the same time, it is is such a masterwork of misdirection. And, you know, the the main character who's trying to puzzle through what's happening is a bumbling cop. But he's so endearing that as opposed to just sort of being frustrated by him, you're worried for him. And of course, you can't figure out what's going on either. So it puts you in his position and, and you're in over your head as he is in over his head. Only for him, it's much more dire circumstances. Yeah. So if that's your thing, if you want to avoid the crowds of Ghostbusters, that might be worth a look. It's called The Wailing. And it's also out uh, in Columbus, at least. Uh, this weekend. A couple also to, to point you to, which you probably missed, out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray this week is a movie called Elvis and Nixon, which is about what you think it was about, that famous meeting between Elvis and Nixon. But and it's way weirder than you think it's going to be. It really is. And Michael Shannon, who we just love, one of our favorite actors, plays Elvis, and uh, Kevin Spacey plays Nixon. You know, it's not great, but it, I think it's worth a look. Absolutely. it's um, The humor is 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 dry and awkward and it mostly is really just the casting because I don't know if you're not familiar with Michael Shannon he's a big homely gangle of a man he is so epically talented yeah. but he could really not look less like Elvis yeah. and and likewise Kevin Spacey makes an unusual choice for Nixon and they're you know they're the two two of the most mimicked people you know, in, in culture. That's right. And so it's so interesting to have such unusual people play them. But other than that, and there is some dry humor to it, the performances, especially Michael Shannon's, are really wonderful. Yeah, and it's a just a great take on a really weird time and weird moment in history. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Elvis and Nixon. Also streaming this week is Kung Fu Panda 3. Really, this one, I don't know if it slipped through the cracks. It's really good. It's it's That ended up being a really fine trilogy absolutely looks fantastic very sweet very lovable and beautiful it's a beautiful film they all three are yeah so if you missed that one that would be one especially for the family to check out another small movie uh very good very intimate drama streaming uh, yeah streaming this week about friends is called a queen of earth uh that one again not many people saw but if it's it's very intimate not many cast members the performances are very good elizabeth moss who you might know from uh, Mad, Mad Men and some others. She is very, in fact, I thought she might have has merited a, an Oscar nomination. Didn't get one, but I would have been behind it. But it's about friends and, and uh, who drifted apart and they're coming back together, but maybe not 
uh, and that's called Queen of Earth. And one more on Netflix that uh, I didn't see, but you did, well, The Invitation. It's another intimate film, and it's and it's about uh, being invited to a dinner party that turns in ways that you didn't expect to happen. And the, almost the entire film is shot inside one house. It's it's very uncomfortable, and the, the tension just rises and rises and rises. John C- Carroll Lynch is in it, and he's always an unsettling presence, I think, no matter what the film is. And um, and it's a slow build, but it's it's really well-crafted film, a bit creepy. All right, so the big one this week is Ghostbusters. We say, yeah, check it out. You'll probably enjoy it. Hey, by all means, hit us up on Twitter if you want to keep the conversation going. Tell us what you thought about Ghostbusters. We are at Mad Wolf. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. On Facebook, we're Mad Wolf Columbus. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Screening Room. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we'll talk to you then. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.